Hello and welcome to this broadcast. Today I'm going to talk about gun control facts. First we need to decide what gun control is. Gun control is a coined term. It's not a legal term. The best and easiest definition I could find was gun control is the set of laws or policies that regulate the manufacture, sale, transfer, possession, modification, or use of firearms by civilians. Now, that's a pretty broad definition, and again, it's just a coined term, so legally speaking, it's just a term that we use to define all the legislation and all the laws that regulate firearms, possession, selling, anything having to do with firearms. In the United States, gun ownership is protected and regulated, if you will. The protection comes from the Second Amendment of our Constitution. What is the Second Amendment? Well, the Second Amendment actually reads, A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, that talks about a militia. Well, in 2008, a case of District of Columbia v. Heller, the Supreme Court held that the Second Amendment protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with service in a militia and to use that arm for traditional lawful purposes, such as self-defense within the home. It's been a big debate, and a lot of people want that changed, and they want stronger gun control. This is a debate that always comes up when there's a national tragedy, a mass shooting, or someone gets hurt with a gun, and it I don't want to get into the politics here. I've had several episodes where I do get into politics, but this is a fact-finding mission. This is discussing the facts and not necessarily my opinion directly. I may offer it once in a while, but primarily I'm here to discuss facts. So we know what gun control is and we know what the Second Amendment is. Now, one of the major organizations in America that gets blamed when there's some kind of mass shooting or some kind of unhealthy use of firearms is the National Rifle Association or the NRA. Now it's a nonprofit organization which advocates gun rights. Most people know this or know that the NRA lobbies for gun rights. That's what they do. They also do a lot more than that and they don't get any credit for it by the people who don't like firearms, it gets overlooked. They offer gun safety courses and hunter safety courses and all kinds of resources. They do a lot for gun ownership, not just advocate the rights of gun owners and the Second Amendment. They advocate healthy use and healthy ownership of guns from everything from cleaning to marksmanship. They have a whole slew of of resources available not just to members, but to non-members as well. It's an organization that I think gets blamed for this because they happen to be the strongest lobbyist for gun rights. Now, the purpose of this program is to discuss gun control in a mature, factual fashion and not just talk about the evil behind it. There's always going to be criminals and there's always going to be people using firearms or knives or any kind of weapon to harm somebody else, to use their fists, to use anything to hurt people. But guns get the most attention, especially when we have something as horrible as what happened recently in Las Vegas. So I'm going to talk about gun laws around the world and I'm going to compare them to the United States. And then I'm going to try and offer my best analysis as to how new gun laws, which is what everyone is talking about that is against firearms, everybody seems to be wanting more gun regulations. And we're going to find out, based on facts and statistics, the best that I could come up with as to whether that's effective or not. Uh, My belief is, is that it's not very effective. Criminals are criminals. They get around the law. Bank robbers are bank robbers. Murderers are murderers. They have no respect for the law, so more laws are not going to do anything, in my opinion. But we're going to factually look at this. We're not going to talk about my opinion that much. I can't help but put it in there once in a while. Let's talk facts. Let's talk about gun control laws 
and regulations throughout the world and compare them with what we have here in the United States. All right, Al, we'll start things off with the United States since that's kind of our benchmark here to find out if new laws will help save more lives here in the United States. I'll give you the statistics and we'll talk specifically about the laws. Now, I found a whole lot of data, a lot of information. It's, it varies quite a bit. It really does. It's hard to believe that most of it is, is unbiased. I, I believe that most of it's very biased, very angled toward whatever view the person writing the data or saying they collected the data. Anyway, the best I could come up with after averaging everything is that there's about 270 million civilian firearms in the United States. That's about 90% of our people that have firearms. I believe that. It's probably fairly close. The exact number doesn't really matter. 90% have firearms. We're number one in the entire world for gun ownership, which is fine. Now, here's where some things differ. I looked up homicide rates. Now, the number of homicides varied quite a bit based on homicides with firearms because some of the data for homicides with firearms showed a very high number and then very small print below said that it included suicides and accidents and things that had nothing to do with really homicides. The best I could come up with for homicides was just over 9,000 homicides by firearms in the United States last year. Now, that's about three for every 100,000 people in the United States. Three homicide deaths for every 100,000 people. Now, and then I got this number from somewhere that says 60% of all homicides are caused by firearms. Uh, Again, I I don't know the fact of the 60% figure. I believe the 9,000 homicides, a little over 9,000, and I believe about three for every 100,000 people. That all makes sense to me. Now, let's talk about the laws, because we know the, the numbers, the best numbers I could come up with. Let's talk about the gun laws in America. Gun laws in America are federally regulated. However, a lot of that discretion is left to the states. For the most part, when you want to purchase a firearm, the most scrutinized firearms are the handguns because they can be concealed, and I guess they account for most of the homicides. So basically, you go through a background check. If your background is fine, you, you can own or purchase a firearm from somebody who is licensed to sell firearms. In a lot of places, you can buy them from private citizens. You can buy them without having to go through the background check, which is a bypass to the law, but it is something that people do, and it's something criminals do. I don't know all the details for every state. I'll get into that a little bit later. But basically what they look for in a background check is if you're a felon, if you've been convicted of a felony, basically any crime that you could have been sentenced to more than a year in prison, then you can't purchase a firearm. That goes for if you're a fugitive, you can't purchase a firearm. If you've been convicted of a misdemeanor crime, which is a lesser crime than a felony, but it has to do with domestic violence, then that'll flag you as not being able to purchase. If you've been an unlawful user or addict of narcotics or a controlled substance, you can't purchase a firearm if, you, if that's on your record. If you've been adjudicated as mentally ill or mentally defective, if you will, again, that keeps you from purchasing from a licensed seller. Not from a private seller. Private sellers in some places don't even have to do any kind of background check. If you've been discharged from the armed services for dishonorable conditions, again, that flags you. Or if you've renounced your United States citizenship. Now, another big consideration, another big debate point is concealed carry, open carry, and ownership. Now, ownership just means you can buy one and keep one. Carrying the weapon openly or concealed is regulated by the states. 
Some states, very few actually, offer what's called a constitutional carry, which means they allow you to just carry a firearm in a concealed manner and you don't need a permit to do so. Some of them have open carry laws, which allow you to just to carry your handgun as long as it can be seen, don't require a permit to do so. The importance of this part of our discussion of the law is because that's a big part of the debate as to how people can transport their weapons. Uh, Can they do it openly? Can they do it concealed? That all has to do with opinion. Criminals are going to conceal their weapons and they're going to commit crimes. Having a permit, again, do you believe, do you honestly believe that uh, if we had more concealed carry regulations that it would prevent people from doing that? That's that's a question. I, I don't believe that it will do anything other than create more laws. I don't think it's going to do anything other than punish people who actually could conceal carry with a good permit. That's all it's doing is taking away a right from somebody. Criminals are probably not going to pay much attention to that. Anyway, so that's the laws in the United States. I'll go individual states a little bit later, but pretty much the most regulated weapons are handguns. Now, a lot of the mass shootings are assault rifles, and we're getting into some new legislation on that because it's becoming more and more accessible and more and more prominent since we have social media and quick access to communications. Something like this happens and everybody knows about it very quickly. So everybody has an opinion and everybody wants it to stop. I want it to stop. It's not the guns. It's not the laws. It's the people. Okay, let's move on and compare. We know the statistics in the United States and we basically know the laws. Let's move on to other parts of the world and see if it affects the numbers there. Okay, I'm going to move on to our northern neighbor, Canada. According to the information I had, there were only 173 homicides by firearms last year in Canada, which is outstanding. Now, they say that 32%, my sources, 32% of all homicides in Canada are by firearms. Well, that's roughly 0.5% per every 100,000 people in Canada. And gun ownership is only at about 31%. Now, you got to consider there's a huge population difference, too. Okay, Canada has about a tenth of what we have in, in America. But let's talk about their gun laws. We know that 173 homicides occurred and that about 30% of the people have guns in Canada. Okay, the gun laws in Canada. They're kind of restrictive and they're kind of complicated from what I could gather. Basically, There's only two reasons that they would want you to or allow you or permit you to carry a firearm in Canada, and that's either target shooting or hunting. What I could find is that carrying for self-defense against human threats is prohibited, but you do have to go through federal police, which I guess authorizes or license carrying a firearm. Now, 30% have firearms, so they go through a firearm safety course, and they must pass the test. They have a background check, and then they have interview with some of your references. Some weapons are prohibited altogether. They have several different categories. They have what are called long guns, which are greater than 26 inches, semi-automatics with barrels longer than 18 and a half inches. Again, this is very complicated. Basically, again, what you're looking for is target shooting and hunting. You can't carry basically fully automatic or military arms, handguns with barrels length of culture shorter than 4.1 inches, and there's different calories requirements. Anyway, what we have is the statistics for Canada, and we know that they have very restrictive gun laws, although 30% of their population has firearms. So for such a, a large percentage of the population carrying firearms, 173 
homicides related to firearms is actually pretty good. So that's good data that we have there. Let's move on to the next country. Okay, we'll go from one extreme to another. Canada, 173. Now we're going to move to South Africa. Now they have about 13% of their population has civilian firearms. Last year, the best data that I have is almost 8,400 homicides by firearms. That's a huge number considering the population that has firearms, only 12%, 12.7%. They say that 45% of all homicides in South Africa are by firearm. Again, 45%, almost 8,319 homicides. Uh, I did the math on this, and this, just out of curiosity, if I scale that to the population that we have in America, the number of homicides in South Africa, if they had the same population as America, which I know this is hypothetical, but to scale that 8,319 homicides to our population would be almost 400,000 homicides. It comes out to about 375,000 homicides related to firearms if they had our same population. So let's talk about their laws and see what the differences are. Well, why would their numbers be so inflated? With only 12% of the population having firearms, so many homicides by firearm. Let's check their laws. Now here's where things get interesting. South Africa has relatively lenient firearm ownership regulations. In order to own a civilian to own a firearm in South Africa, you must pass a competency test, and there are several other factors, including a background check, and the police get to inspect your premises and so forth and so on. It has to be licensed by the police, but you're allowed to carry it in public under all licenses. There's no additional permit for that. The only prohibited small arms are burst fire and fully automatic firearms and firearms which have been modified without permission. So all of those deaths and that inflated amount of homicides by firearms with more lenient laws, I guess, than the United States, but they still don't, they still don't allow under their laws burst fire, semi-automatic, and modified firearms. Okay, let's move on. Okay, the next place I'm going to talk about is Brazil. The statistics are basically for every 100 people, 8 of them have civilian-owned firearms. Last year, there were almost 35,000 homicides associated with firearms. That's about 71% of all homicides are related to firearms. About 18 for every 100,000 in the population. That's a huge number. Let's find out what their laws are. Okay, basically all firearms in Brazil are required to be registered. They have a minimum age requirement for ownership of 25 years old. You must also have certificates of aptitude and mental health prior to acquiring a firearm and every three years after. It's generally illegal to carry a firearm outside of your residence, and the federal police are allowed to confiscate any that are possessed without a valid reason, and they don't consider self-defense a valid reason. Now, the number of firearms in Brazil is thought to be between 14 and 17 million civilian-owned firearms, with an estimated 9 million being unregistered. Now, here's the interesting argument. They have what appears to be strict gun laws, strict gun control laws, but the homicide rate is out the roof, 35,000 for their small population. 71% of all homicides are from firearms, and they have tight firearm regulations. Yet they have 9 million that are unregistered, unaccounted for. The law is not doing much as far as keeping that population safe, in my opinion. 
Now I'll move on to a larger country because I know we've been talking about countries with much smaller populations than the United States. So the argument can be made that in smaller populations, the numbers are going to be a little bit skewed. I disagree with that, but in order to take care of that argument, let's talk about a larger country such as India. India has about 46 million civilian firearms. That's almost four for every hundred people. Last year, there were about 3,000 homicides by firearm. That's about 0.26 for every 100,000 of the population, or about 8% of all homicides are due to firearms. Now we know the numbers, let's talk about the laws. The gun laws in India are very strictly regulated. Indian government pretty much takes care of all of the licensing and all of the permitting. It is complicated. They have prohibited and non-prohibited types of weapons where basically semi-automatic and automatic fall into the prohibited category, along with Weapons with various calibers. The calibers are pretty much cover almost everything that we have in the United States, it seems. The most popular household firearms are a double-barrel shotgun, 12-gauge. Also popular is the 315 bolt-action rifle, maximum capacity of five cartridges, and two revolvers. Most everything else is on a case-by-case basis. If your job requires it or if you're considered a person that's in immediate danger, then the government won't offer a license or they'll reject your request for permit. So India's laws are very strict, very regulated, and considering the numbers with 3,000 homicides by firearms, it's pretty small amount. Only 7.5% of all homicides are by firearms in India. They're very tightly regulated. However, it's not zero. People still find a way, and people still get around the law. Let's move on to Colombia. There were about 12,500 homicides by firearm last year in Colombia that were reported anyway. That's about 27 for every 100,000 in the population. 81% of all homicides by firearms. Only about 6% of the population has a civilian-owned firearm. Now, what are the gun laws in Colombia for such a large number? 12,500 homicides by firearm. What are the gun laws? Well, just like in India, the government in Colombia holds a monopoly on regulating and sale of firearms to civilians, to anyone, really. The type of civilian-owned firearms in Colombia is limited by the government. Basically, a 38 caliber revolver and a 22 caliber rifle. Now, you have to have a permit to possess and you have to have a permit to carry. In order to get a permit to possess a firearm, you have to complete all the required documentation. You have to also provide evidence of military service, which is compulsory for males in Colombia. You have to provide evidence of citizenship and have a clean criminal record. You have to provide a medical certificate demonstrating aptitude to use the firearms. And the permit is valid for up to 10 years after they've been granted. It can be renewed. To carry a firearm, an individual must meet the requirements for possession permit, but they must also demonstrate the need to carry the weapon for self-defense. Persons seeking a permit to carry a restricted weapon must provide information regarding the individual's unique circumstances. Anyway, without getting too much further into the laws, it is complicated, it's very subjective, and the government holds the monopoly on that. Large amount of homicides for very restrictive laws in Colombia. Again, almost 12,500 homicides last year alone, a smaller population than the United States, and very restrictive gun laws. Okay, let's talk about Mexico. Fifteen in every hundred people have a civilian firearm. Last year, 
there were 11,300 homicides by firearm that were reported. About 10 in every 100,000 people have firearm. 55% of all homicides last year were by firearms in Mexico. Again, that's 11,000, more than 11,000 homicides last year alone by firearm. Now let's talk about the gun laws in Mexico. The Mexican Constitution allows citizen and legal residents to own arms, but you can only carry them in accordance with police regulations. Applicants must have a clear criminal record and proven income and in residence. In other words, you can't be homeless. New firearms are purchased through the Ministry of Defense, and they have a whole list of prohibited weapons. Large caliber handguns, shotguns with barrels more than 25 inches, or a bore greater than 12 gauge. Rifles that are fully automatic and large caliber are also prohibited. They're allowed to have one handgun for home defense. Hunting and sport shooting, you can have up to nine long guns in one handgun, but you also have to have a membership in a hunting or a shooting club. They have some exceptions for collectors. You can get some additional and prohibited weapons if you're a collector. And the carry license can be issued for private security firms or those which they consider targets of crime. The laws are very similar to what we have in America. They're not that far off. There are a few. We don't authorize every household to have a handgun. So they're a little more lenient. There are some other leniencies, obviously. But they're fairly restrictive, on par with about everybody else in the world. But they still had almost 12,000 homicides. And for the size of their population, that's a pretty large number that's been reported anyway. The reporting, again, is kind of up, up in the air. Very subjective, and a lot of it probably is not reported. 55% of all homicides in Mexico last year were from a firearm. Let's move on to another country for comparison. A country which is considered much more friendly, I think, than some that I've spoken about. Let's try Switzerland. 46% of the civilian population has firearms. Only 57 reported homicides with firearms last year. That's 0.77 for each 100,000 in the population. But that does mean about 73% of all homicides last year were from firearms. Now, what are their gun laws? Again, their gun laws are very similar to many other countries throughout the world. They have a high percentage of the population carries. They're number three in the world for private or civilian firearm ownership. They can also be used for personal protection. They don't have any open carry laws, so you're not allowed to openly carry. And they may issue a concealed carry, but it's very, very restricted. You can't carry without a permit. Do not allow any fully automatic firearms. They do, however, allow for unlimited magazines, which means you can have magazine carry any number of rounds which you'd like. And they do have checks as far as background checks. They check for criminal record and that's about it. Firearms do have to be registered mostly for hunting guns and some classes of the firearms, but some they don't even have to be registered. So in a sense, they're actually more lenient than we have in the United States and yet only 57 homicides by firearms last year. Such a small percentage, or small number. The percentage is 73% of all homicides by firearms. That's only 57. And for the size of their population, again, a smaller population, but for 0.77 for every 100,000, almost half the population has guns, and still the homicide rate by firearm is very, very low. Something to consider. Lenient gun laws, lower homicide rate by firearms. Now let's consider one more country. I'll consider Iceland. About 30% of the population has civilian-owned firearm. Last year, as far as I can see, all the data I have, zero homicides by firearm. So 30% of the population has civilian firearms, and zero of the homicides, 0%, were from firearms. 
Well, what are their gun laws? Their gun laws are fairly lenient. You do have to have a license to possess firearms. A national government safety course must be passed before even applying for that license. You have to have a special license, which is required for a handgun, and a handgun can only be used for target shooting at a licensed range. Semi-automatic firearms have caliber restrictions, while fully automatic firearms are only permitted to be owned or possessed by collectors. Very lenient gun laws, allowing 30% of the population to have civilian gun ownership and zero homicides attributed to firearms last year. Okay, I've covered quite a few countries. I could cover them all. It would take a long time. What does this tell us about gun laws, gun control? The argument is always more gun control. Let's keep the criminals from getting their hands on guns. Well, what have we seen? Do we need tighter gun laws? You could make the decision based on the information, just the small amount of information that I've given you. The United States has fairly restrictive gun laws. We are open. We're more lenient than some places. We have more guns than anybody else in the world as far as private citizens are concerned. But when you look at other countries, you look at places like Colombia, where they have fairly restrictive gun laws, they still have an outrageous number of homicides. Mexico, the same, huge number, restrictive, handled by the government even. Brazil, an outrageous amount, very tight gun laws. You have very lenient gun laws in Switzerland and Iceland, and almost no homicides whatsoever that are related to firearms. From what I can see, more gun laws aren't going to solve the problems that we have. More gun laws are just going to add more laws. Criminals are going to be criminals. They're going to go around the law. They're going to ignore the law. More laws will take away rights from the lawful citizens, those who have good, clean backgrounds, those who are safe, those who want protection, those who want to use private firearms for lawful reasons. Why do we want to take away their rights? It's not going to make any difference in the amount of mass killings that happen. It's not going to make any difference in the amount of homicides that happen. It's not going to make criminals request a permit to carry their weapons. It's not going to make those who want to sell without doing a background check and that those who want to usurp the law sell them any differently than they're doing now. More laws are just going to take away rights from lawful citizens. That's my opinion. That's what I've based it on, is research, very thorough research. Not opinions spouted out by the media, not political points, not political positions. Unbiased data clearly shows me that more gun laws will not solve the problem of mass shootings and murders and homicides. I don't see a need for new gun laws. Well, that's all for this segment. I wanted to offer you facts and not just opinions, not just biased opinions, not just political points. I hope I've been able to at least give some facts on the laws and how I think they affect gun control. Thank you for tuning in. I welcome your feedback, your comments, and your suggestions, and I hope you check back again soon. Thank you for listening.